Go Tigers! National champions! Yeah. Ocho, let's go! So, uh... I was watching the game with uh, my fiance last night, and Cocho gets interviewed before the game, and you know he always goes, "Go Tigers!" She goes, "What is that accent?" So that's Louisiana, baby. Yeah, you and I and most men in America had to explain uh, Cocho to their uh, fiancés and or wives last night. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's he, the one time a year that they're going to see Cocho in action. And I mean, they interviewed him what fifteen times. They what, interviewed what him pregame. They interview him halftime. They inventor, they interview him directly after the game. Then he gets on the podium and talks. I wonder how to many people crowd. had to explain him to their significant others or like people who are not. I just plugged lo- into college. Football. I love that he ends every interview with "Go Dagos, Go Dagos." Everyone. I, I mean, Ronaldo just like even sets him up for it. He goes, "All right, say it, <laughs> Go Dagos." Uh, well, your LSU Tigers are your national champions and a dominant. Ass-kicking performance, which I enjoyed very much. Some pretty big momentum shifts, though. It wasn't just one side of the entire time. I mean, Clemson came out and looked like Clemson they punched came out in the mouth well. to begin. It looked like they were in what, like control of the football game to start maybe the first, I don't know how, how long it was, but a good amount of that game, the, the first probably half of the first quarter, first, I mean, first half, like, I don't know, putting arbitrary numbers down on on. At some point. They just looked like they were in control there for a good chunk of the first part of the game. I wouldn't say in say. control. You don't think so? You I didn't think LSU like was were... in control the, they, the entire time. Because they, they controlled the, like the, uh, the field position. They had, they had LSU trapped on like their one-yard line for a couple of, of drives in a row there to start the game off. And I, Didn't it jump up 10-0? What was the, how did it start there? Yeah, 10 nothing, Or was it 11? Something Whatever like, it, was. I think it was. 10. Yeah, 10. I'm trying to find the... Uh, yeah, I'm doing the same here. thing. That's why I'm stumbling over my words. ESPN's website through. continues to be pretty much the worst. Just blast you with. Uh, I'm only looking for one final and score, stuff. and it's it's pretty much impossible to find. Uh, looking for the uh, the actual box score here. Yeah, 42-25 LSU uh, stomps Clemson in a game that really I, I'm going to say it wasn't that close. LSU just ran out the clock. LSU could have scored a lot more you think in so? the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Joe Burrow, unbelievable, 31 of 49. 463, uh, five touchdowns, no interceptions. And it's, it, it's crazy. So they didn't jump up on him, actually. Seven to seven in the first quarter. Um, it just, well, no, they got felt, up by 11 in the, or, uh, at some point. They got they up did. 10, right? Well, they got, they were, before LSU came score, rolling back. Whatever it is. It just felt to start the game like Clemson was, was in control and I had money on them too on the money line. So like I felt uh, really good I about see it. Where the truth and so lies. that's why I know like that's why I was paying close attention, especially in the beginning, and then they start just getting rolled there in the second quarter. Clemson led seventeen seven in the second quarter. Okay. And then LSU scored three touchdowns before the end of the half. That um, was something. Which uh was impressive and really put things away to a certain extent. Although, you know, LSU then went three and out to start the second half. Clemson went down, scored a touchdown. You got to give them credit. They showed some some uh, resolve there, making a three-point game, but it was all Tigers from you know, there the on out. The other thing that really touchdowns. stuck out to me right off the bat was What's how that? fast Trevor Lawrence is. There's a couple times they flushed him out of the pocket, and I was like, "Oh, he's done. He's cooked." And he escaped. Like he's fast for a big, tall white guy. Uh, it's true. Joe Burrow's pretty fast too. He had a couple of uh, scrambles. That 30-yard run at the end of the uh, uh, one of the at the end of the half was pretty amazing and quick. Joe Burrow's an excellent football player. That's not exactly a hot take, but are you sure about that? I, I just really enjoyed the ass kicking. I, I love seeing Dabo 
uh, basically in tears. Uh, Trevor Lawrence lost the first game in like a thousand years, basically, of his life. There's not much else to say other than LSU is the the question here isn't really about last night's game anymore. The question is, is this LSU team the most impressive football team in college football history? See, that's or at a least dumb in question. recent memory, it's, it's not dumb a dumb me. question. Yes, it is. They're fifteen and zero, and they beat seven top ten teams this season. Seven well, of their that, fifteen. They wins. may have the best resume, but I don't think that. No, this I'm not. Makes say, them yeah, the I'm not saying they're team. the best team ever. I'm just saying I have they that, had the well, most impressive season ever. And I don't see how you could argue with that. Well, I, yeah, the most successful season. Is that's, that the argument? I yeah, saw the most these impressive pa- Did season. you see the Paul Feinbaum tweets no, and shit? No, of course not. They look like Donald T- Trump tweets. They're like Paul weird exclamations and case closed and like all this like power oh God, language. Is he agreeing with the things that I'm saying now? Uh, yeah, y'all might be. Inst- but his, his take is they're the best in the history of college football. Case closed is what he says. Which I'm not so sure about because... I'm not even positive they're better than Bama with Bama has when Bama has Tua. So like I'm not saying that's yes or no, but I'm saying I'm not 100% sold that they would. Bama lost twice. I'm just not 100% sold they Including would home if they LSU. had Tua. Is all I'm saying. I'm not saying. Well, I mean that doesn't mean anything, Brad. Okay. Well, my point is, if it's greatest of all time, I'm not even positive they're better than Bama if Bama has Tua. I'm not saying they are better or aren't. I better. think they're much. Positive. I think they're better. This this team is a fucking juggernaut. I mean, they Clemson had lost whipped. in 29 games, and they just whipped them. Okay, okay. They whipped them. They did anything they want on offense. They were unbelievable. Their receiving core was ridiculous. What was the uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, both over 100 yards? Those guys Plus, Randy Moss's son caught man. two touchdowns. Those receivers were really what stuck off the page to me, other than Burrow, obviously. But they would like there would be contested balls, and they'd go up and just get them every well, time. We 100% said that, of the time. I said this during the OU game, where I said, you know, it wasn't OU's defense's fault that LSU came out and did what they did. Joe Burrow doesn't have guys running wide open. Okay, now these guys will go up and make a play. They they almost won every jump ball. Of course they will. But he throws, he is so accurate. And these guys are in the right place. And, like, he throws dudes open. It's, this is, this Clemson defense has been excellent all season long. They've got Brett Venables, who, who coaches very good defense. Yeah. They've got athletes all over the field. They've got as much talent as LSU on defense. And they just tore them up. They carved them up, and they could have scored more. Just really, really impressive. Joe Burrow is a is a bad man, and these wide receivers. I mean, Chase Jefferson and Moss. I don't know much about the rest of these dudes, but those guys all look those like first three, round picks to me. They were monsters, man. Chase especially. I mean he he just killed it. Burrow threw twelve touchdowns and no picks in the uh, two playoff games. Do you know that's more touchdowns than uh, the Big Ten? And the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve have thrown in any <laughs> in their history in the in the playoffs. I did not know. That's interesting. Yeah, for whatever for whatever that's worth. I it's just uh, a dominant performance by a dominant team. Lots of respect. Lots of it was so much fun to watch in New Orleans. That made the game more fun. I think. Um, I don't know, man. I just I, I was I'm I loved it. I don't know what else to say. Oh, it was really entertaining. I love watching it was this a great team. Game. You got to love Coach O. Uh, him doing it there. I love how uh, USC fans and, and USC media are just, you know, this is an all-time low point for them, and I love it. What a, what a wasted decade it is for USC. That's probably coming to mind of Micah. Interesting. Soon. 
Speaking of mind of Micah, currently up on the feed right now is Micah's 2019 Year in Review Part 2. Oh, you get it, you got it done, did you? I got it done uh, last night. It went live Tuesday morning. Brad and I did Part 1, where I went through uh, Q1. Part 2 was the rest of the year. Uh, my 2019, it was quite enjoyable. So check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Mind of Micah. Hey, one more programming note before we uh, move on to the pros and talk a little bit more about this. The... Uh, Backdoor cover. We got a lot of a lot more content coming this week. It's okay. the triumphant return. Is this the right one? That's it. Of tight and high mm. with Elgar's Peter the Irish guy. Uh, perhaps uh, can't miss Mitch. We're going to be talking about the Astros controversy as well as a bunch of ever, uh, other stuff. We're recording that Wednesday night. That'll be dropping Thursday morning. So more content coming. You know, we never actually recapped the World Series, and now Titan High is back in the building, back in the booth. It's going to be chaos, and uh, my sober January is is more in doubt than it's, it's ever been. It's in jeopardy, been. huh? It is in jeopardy with these bozos just crushing claws and doing other things that are out of control. So when we were talking about... Uh, so there's a programming note, and we'll also, at some point, uh, hopefully with Mitch, preview this weekend's NFL game. So that's coming later this week as well. With Algo. Keep it tuned. To backdoor cover. So we were feed. talking about if ahead, LSU is the best college football team of all time, whatever. I was trying to think of who would be in competition with them. And I, like, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that Miami team from the 90s with like basically all Hall of Fame NFL players on it. That was 2001 is the team that I'm thinking of that had like I was thinking of 14 with, first round picks. I was thinking like Jeremy Shockey. Yeah, yeah, that's, Ray that's Rye, 2001, I think. Not Ray Rice. Whatever. Anyways, I was going through it and thinking, so I, I looked it up. It says here, prior to this this year's season, Nebraska, 1995 Nebraska is what they have power ranked as the number one all-time team. Interesting. Yeah, they smoke. So the team you're talking about is 2001 That's Miami the, Hurricanes. Yeah, that was, that that was Willis McGahee instead of... See, I was thinking that the the like mid nineties with like Michael Irvin and all those dudes. No, nah, they were never as stacked as that two thousand one team. Is that right? The two thousand one team had Wasn't like Ed Reed and like yeah, Ed Reed, all these I'm guys looking for first round picks here. Uh, they're considered by ex- uh, going to Wikipedia here oh, to good. be uh, by some experts and historians to be the greatest team in college football history. They scored forty two point six points per game <laughs> while only giving up nine point seven five points. Yeah, it was the uh, winning by an average so of thirty-two points, thirty-three points per game, and uh, set the NCAA r- record for the largest margin of victory over consecutive ranked teams. Um, they had Ken Dorsey, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, Najee Davenport, Frank Gore. So Portis, McGahee, and Gore are running backs. <laughs> Jeremy Shockey, Andre Johnson, oh Bryant McKinney, uh, Jerome McDougal, William Joseph, Vince Wilfork. Uh, Jonathan Vilma and DJ Williams and Ed Reed, Mike Rumpf and Phil Buchanan. Isn't that incredible? Other future stars on the team were Kellen Winslow II, Sean Taylor, Antrell Roll, Vernon Carey, and Rocky McIntosh. In all, an extraordinary 17 players from that 2001 team were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Isn't that crazy? Five in 2002. You may have said this Four in 2003, six in 2004, one in 2005, one in 2006. The Miami defense allowed 13 touchdowns and also scored 11 non-offensive touchdowns. <laughs> That's their season. Yeah, they were pretty amazing. <laughs> they almost scored more touchdowns than they gave up as a defensive unit. Yeah, that that team. Now that team is probably 
you know, we will see. There, there's a lot of first round picks on the LSU Yeah, who team knows right how these dudes will history end up has proven that to pros, be but. you know a, a dominant team. Thirty eight members of that team were drafted in the NFL draft, Isn't which is insane? fucking amazing. And forty three trips to the Pro Bowl. Uh, we've got a long way to go until that that comes to fruition. That comes to fruition here. But I would just say, from a resume standpoint, oh, LSU yes. is is uh, impressive. Hey, we mentioned LSU's uh, wide receiver corps. Okay, our core. Yeah, cores. Go Here's, ahead. We got a phone call from our hotline, 800-392-6344, 800-392-6344. You've got me saying this wrong now. Uh, me? Yeah, here's our hotline call. Please call our hotline. Ask us anything. Hey, boys. Ben in Kansas City. Brad, I've been very patient all Uh-oh. football season with your pronunciation of the word core, as in receiving core. It's core, not corpse. The P and the S are silent. You sound like an ignorant <laughs> fuck that went to some school in central Missouri. Thank you, everything. That was a good call. Yeah, thanks, guys. I do a lot of dumb things. I didn't realize that was one of them. Yeah, that was really stupid of you. Uh, I would blame it on the wine, but I think that's just how I've been saying it. Yeah, you just it. say corpse. Corpse. Yeah, what, what an idiot. core is what we're looking for. Starting now, I'll be saying uh, core. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, let's move to the uh, pro football game. Thanks for the call, though. Good call there. Yeah, thank you. Call our hotline, 800-392-6344. Don't let me sound like a dummy for an entire season and then call at the end and tell me yeah, how thanks. I've been using the thanks wrong with, uh, Give me a heads up like week one, okay? Three, there are three football games left in the season. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Appreciate the call, though. All right, let's start with the Saturday games. Go Chiefs. Uh, now we're going to the NFL. Again, a reminder, we will be previewing the conference championship games later this week, either on Titan High or as a standalone episode. So stay tuned for that. This is just the recap. And again, we didn't really apologize. We wish to record yesterday. Generally, we record Monday. But Did you drop an announcement? It wasn't meant to be. I did not. Okay. So here we are uh, recording Tuesday at lunch. So we're getting this to you as quick as we can. And so I know some of these takes are probably outdated, but here we go. 49ers 27, Vikings 10. San Francisco only allows 147 total yards. It's the fewest uh, yards allowed in the history of the Super Bowl era in a playoff game. Wow. What do you have to th- what, I mean? I, I, the Niners' defense looks fucking unbelievable, and the offense puts up 27 points as well. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what else there is to say. Minnesota just got outclassed in a, in a big way here. Uh, the Niners are are a juggernaut. They're not a team that I necessarily have believed in all season. Uh, but it's hard not to believe in them now. I mean, definitely the the you know what stuck out to me the most about the team watching this particular matchup was the uh, the defensive ends between Bosa and that Buckner cat. They are monsters and they are fast and they get after that ass. I I hadn't seen the uh, I hadn't noticed it hadn't stuck out to me all season how dominant those two guys are, but uh, man, did they play good. Uh, versus the Vikings. Vikings just couldn't really get it going. They needed to shut down uh, Dalvin Cook. They shut down Dalvin Cook. Nine carries, 18 yards. Um, when Fif- Dalvin Cook Yeah, he had down, 15 like, touches and only 26 scrimmage yards, so he didn't hurt him in the passing game. Uh, Tevin Coleman, on the other hand, had 22 ca- uh, touches for 105 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. Garoppolo was just fine, 11 of 19, 131 a touch, one pick. Uh, Cousins, 21 of 29, 172 a touchdown and interception. Uh, as, as you're right. I mean, the the game plan to stop 
Minnesota is pretty simple. You shut down Dalvin Cook, and then Kirk you go. Cousins can't get op- can't get these guys to start getting open in the passing game. Although, I mean, Stefan Diggs two receptions, fifty seven yards, a touchdown. Thielen had another fifty yards on five catches. Um, I guess the majority of Stefan's yardage came from one single play, forty one yards. But yeah, I mean, if once Dalvin Cook is neutralized, I think that just pretty much shuts the offense all the way down. And he was injured towards the end of the year, and it, you know, it you, it showed in their performance as as the season closed out. He came back healthy, and then yeah, this this San Francisco defense is is some bad bad boys. Did you see all of the uh, coverage or like kind of lead up? I guess it's coverage. Whatever they're talking about the uh, the tight end for San Francisco and like his college career at uh. I think he was at Iowa Kittles, who I'm sp- talking to, talking about. Hmm. Uh, they did a bunch of kind of like background information on him, like biography stuff. It was really interesting. He's a he's a pretty good, um, interesting character, I should say. Interesting. Yeah. Here's an interesting fact for okay. you. Uh, the 49ers have scored 25 touchdowns this season by undrafted 49er players. Huh. It's the most in the NFL this season. It sounds pretty fucking amazing to me. How is that? I guess all the, of their kind of key players are guys that they didn't draft that they were... No, like, no, not drafted by them. Just guys that went totally undrafted. Oh. Jeez. That sounds like a crazy amount of touchdowns. Uh, so shouts to the 49ers. I mean, I, they did it. And they look pretty pretty damn good moving on. Uh, Green Bay, we'll get to that game in a minute, but... I mean, I, the 49ers certainly look like the team to beat. So the whole thing the I've NFC. been I've been focused on for the 49ers is is the play of George Kittle and how important that tight end and defensive unit is in in the playoffs. Kittle didn't do a whole lot. He had three receptions, 16 yards, um, which was kind of interesting to me. Uh, I, I guess if you can get your running game going as well as they did, Tevin Coleman over 105 yards and and Raheem Mostert at 58. Kittle's I guess that also a beast. It. Kittle is a uh, when it comes beast, to blocking though. too, and there are a lot. I mean, that could account for how the running game kind of came together was with, you know. Yeah, I think he gets some credit for that. Uh, you know, he really is a complete player, and uh, he's a stud. I'm I'm in agreement. That's why I liked him so much is that uh, that extra wrinkle they've got. So the 49ers in. will host the NFC Championship game on Sunday evening. Versus um, the uh, Green Bay Packers? Against the Packers. We'll go to the, uh, the other Saturday game. Uh, perhaps the biggest surprise of the weekend, in fact, Almost uh, certainly the biggest surprise of the weekend. I'd say the biggest surprise of the season. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd make that argument. The Tennessee Titans go to Baltimore. They defeat the Ravens 28-12 to in a game that, you know, was never close, really. The Titans uh, jumped out to a 14-0 lead and basically just dominated from there on out. This is old school football. I, I have to apologize to Ryan Tannehill. He's getting it done. But you don't, though. Because the last two games he's gone under 100 yards versus the Patriots. What do you have? Like 86 yards last this week. Seven for 14, seven for, for 88, 14 yards. 88 yards. Two I, touchdowns, no picks. I uh, I read something. The last quarterback he did to, run for a touchdown too. to win two playoff games without throwing 100 yards. Terry Bradshaw. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I didn't realize Terry Bradshaw was a sucker. Uh, I think he, the early years in Pittsburgh, he was kind of a game manager. Towards the mm. end of his four Super Bowl run, he he put up bigger numbers. Yeah, I was. Surprised game was a lot different they, then too. I was surprised when I heard his name though. Under 100 yards, two two wins. Anyways, well, yeah, I, Tannehill's getting it done. I mean, I'll I guess. just say what I've been saying all season. The formula in place to beat Baltimore has been there all year. You jump out ahead and you make them throw the football. You take away the running game, and it's not that it's not that uh, Jackson's a bad passer per se. 
It's just that's not what they do. That's not that's not the strength of their football team. The strength of the football game is, team is to run the football. And yeah. it they got I I think the Baltimore panicked a little bit. I think their coaches panicked. And they, you know, Lamar Jackson threw 59 times. Well, I think the other big factor that people aren't talking much about is that Mark Ingram injury. I think that he is That's true. a critical a piece of that offense that gets him going and he's just he wasn't himself it was obvious six carries 22 yards jackson though 20 carries 143 yards i mean he, jackson ha- put up the numbers but he didn't look good during the game like when you watched it, it you look at the box score you're like damn he had a pretty good game but you watching yeah. the product it didn't look that good like it looked like he was interact inaccurate um 365 yards passing one touchdown two picks the numbers aren't terrible but four sacks i wonder if that's the most that someone's got on him this season because he, he also ran so the ball elusive, you know? 20 times for 143 yards yeah. guys unbelievable i'll take him on as my quarterback any day but i just think baltimore panicked here i mean they're trailing you know you're trailing 14 to nothing but you come back it's 14 6 at half they got right. the ball first to start the second half um they end up turning it over on downs and you know the tennessee i read hasn't kicked a field goal in like three months they just score touchdowns yeah, they. I think that they said their uh, red zone scoring percentage or whatever it's like eighty eight percent right now after the last two weeks. Like they're just unstoppable in the red zone. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing, you know, it, this run happens when you when you're unbelievable in the red zone, and uh, when you can consistently score points when you're in like a good position to do so, which is in the red zone. I mean, this Baltimore rushing attack. Six carries by Ingram, three from Gus Edwards, and that's it. A total of 42 yards. All of the rushing production came out of Lamar Jackson with 20 carries, 143. The Titans have a 31-to-1 touchdown-to-field-goal red zone ratio since Ryan Tannehill took over. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's how you win football <laughs> games. It's, it's ridiculous. They've scored touchdowns on 36% or 34% of their drives. They've only kicked field goals on 3% of them. And they've scored 31 red zone touchdowns since... Uh, what was the scoring percentage? Since Stanton Hill came in. Uh, they've scored touchdowns on 36% of their drives. Mm. Since so they're scoring every, every three drives. But like in the playoffs, I think it said something like 88%. Something like out, like outrageously high. Well, anyway. it, you know, their percentage of touchdowns to field goals in the red zone, 31 to 1, is 31 to 1, obviously. The next closest is Carolina at 17 to 4. So it's like 4%. It, it, this is, a, this is off, the, off the charts stuff they have not attempted a field goal since week 13 that's insane and then the last four games including the playoffs they're 11 for 11 scoring touchdowns in the red zones i mean fuck what else is there to say that's you know a lot of times you can read all you want about football you can know about all the players you can know everything that you need to know teams that don't turn the ball over and force turnovers and teams that score touchdowns in the red zone win and that's what this team is doing. If you want to give the credit to the coaches, you can. If you want to say this is a little bit lucky uh, and that this is an unlikely, unsustainable run, that's probably true too. But shit. I mean, the thing is, if you score this many touchdowns in the red zone and you don't turn the ball over, any team in the NFL can beat any other team in the NFL if you keep keep games close. Uh, the Titans have done a great job of... of running the clock and it helps when you have fucking Derrick Henry the biggest beast in the playoffs so yeah. far this year. I mean, I would just hand him the lucky. football. Lucky is not the right word. And well, I would say it's statistically uh this is not a, a statistically sustainable 
What can't be sustained, scoring. what cannot be sustained is the number of yards and carries that Henry continues to get. Well, over the I, last I might disagree three weeks. with that because he mean, is he, just a beast. He's just a beast. 30 but, carries, 195, and a passing touchdown. So for the last three weeks, uh, so the uh, December 29th versus Houston, 32 carries, 211 yards. Last week versus the Patriots, 34 carries, 184 yards. Jesus. This weekend versus Baltimore, 30 carries, 195 yards. Put the team on his back, though. I mean, if he does it one more week, then he gets two weeks off before the Super Bowl. That's I'm see, just saying. He I, needs to do one more week, and I don't think that anyone's ever had that kind of production back-to-back-to-back weeks ever in the history of the league. I think it's only been done twice over... Um, certainly hasn't happened in the playoffs like this. This has been unbelievable. Right. But the dude, is he's a, he's a beast. I, I think we always overlook him. You, you've you been a big bigger fan of his than I have. I've sort of overlooked but him. But I came late, too. I never put him in the, the top tier of running backs, but he's uh, certainly number right one there, right now. Yeah, yeah. if not number one. I mean, him, Zeke, Saquon... You know, I and Henry. I mean, those guys are clearly ahead of of somebody like Dalvin Cook or. Oh, I you know, don't know about that. No, nah, I think Cook's those guys. Dalvin Cook is at the top of the second second tier, and he yeah. didn't show up in the playoffs. So. I mean, Henry doesn't do much out of the passing game. I don't think he had two catches, two for catches. seven yards. But Who like, cares? Just give that fucking beast the ball. That would be the knock on him is that because he's not going to be a shift. He's a freaking monster. I mean, they're not even throwing the football. It's just give you know the game plan. It's going to be run the football. Yeah, play defense. Uh, We'll see how it works next week against a Chiefs team that is as explosive as hell. And uh, let's talk about the Chiefs. What do you say, Brad? Yeah, and also Hollywood Brown for the uh, for Baltimore. He had seven receptions, 126. So he had a good game as a rookie. So keep an eye on him for next year. Yeah. Chiefs. Texans have never won, a mul- have never won multiple games in a single postseason. They keep that streak alive. After getting up 24 nothing on the uh, Chiefs, the Chiefs roar back to life, 51-31. Is this the second? A or tremendous it, ass kicking. Either it's the first or second biggest collapse in playoff history, and you would think the first or second would be them, the Texans, not the Texans, the Oilers versus the Bills, like in the 90s, right? Yeah, that there, game I think there have, been some other, there have been some other games. Killed my bigger. father. I remember him just yeah. screaming at the television. Killed football in, in the city of Houston. That was a long time ago. I think there have been some other games that have been I think the that Oilers game is still the biggest comeback, but there have been some other games that are. I think this is the biggest comeback. No, no, the no. Oilers. The the Oilers game was. It was, but not it was twenty one, and this one was. No, like that, that was like thirty five. This one was twenty. <laughs> this was twenty four. That one, and I yeah. think there was a Colts game. That one drove my father to the Cowboys. That was when my dad became a yeah. Dallas Cowboys fan. I have lots of. My dad has several friends who who have not watched a single professional football game since, since then? that game. Yeah. That was the one, huh? Yeah, life altering type of shit. The bed. So, where do you want to start with this? Let's unpack it. How about Patrick Mahomes? He's the first player since 1950 with 300 pass yards, five touchdowns, and 50 rush yards in a single playoff game. Uh, the Chiefs just come back and start stomping. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. I could not believe how, what was it, 21-0 at one point? 24. 24-0 at one point. I mean, I was I just couldn't believe it, and... I wasn't watching that closely. Like I played golf on Sunday and uh, was kind of keeping up with it on my phone as we played. When I got off the course, I was like, what the hell happened here? I'll I'll give you a little full disclosure. I went back and watched uh, the the part that I missed, but I, this game started at like two 30 central time. And I was in the car coming back from Fort Worth Mm -hmm. and uh, about two 35. I'm like, ah, or like two 40. Maybe I was like, oh, maybe we can check the the score of the game. I was driving and, 
And Caitlin's like, as long as I can check Instagram, you can listen to the game. I'm like, hell yeah. Deal. And we turn it. I find the the XM radio station, and it says 21 nothing. Houston. I'm like, this this can't be right. That Exactly how I like huh? figured that. I was like, what? And then I started listening, and then that's when the Texans uh, – like just like huge pussies kicked a field goal to go up twenty four nothing instead of going for a touchdown. What was it like? It was like fourth and they had fourth and one. Okay, uh, they end up kicking a short field goal, uh, a thirty one yard field goal. They had a fourth and one play when they're up twenty one nothing. The inter- the internet was very pissed at Bill O'Brien. Well, they should that. have been. And Bill O'Brien after the game said that he his quote was something like, "Oh, we just didn't have a a, a play we felt comfortable with." I heard that. How yeah. the fuck do you run an organization that's worth billions of dollars? And you don't have a fourth and one play? You can't get a, a play to gain one yard? Call timeout and run a play. They did call a timeout, and then they ran on the kicker. It's even more inexcusable, actually. Yeah. Because they ran up to go for it. They couldn't get the play called, so they called fourth down. You got the whole timeout. They just don't got a running back, man. Carlos Hyde just doesn't got it. Uh, Duke Johnson, like, in a one-yard You got Deshaun, Je- uh, That's Deshaun Watson. That's the key, though. That's the key. He, I mean, that guy rolls out. You do like a kind of like a play just, action, I mean, roll have, out something like that. Like, how do have you have the balls that? to sneak a, a yard ahead? Like, I, I you just, would go straight ahead with them. I'd go, I'd use Watson's shiftiness and give him find options. a way to gain a yard. Yeah, I wouldn't commit to that that dive. I'd have him roll out and let him either run it himself or you know toss something to the tight end or whatever. And so I'm listening to this, and the the Houston radio broadcast was like, oh, you know, you take the points here, blah 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 blah. Everybody's and then from there on, it's the fucking tidal wave. Uh, the Chiefs started this game. Uh, the the Texans go down and score on the first drive. Then the uh, the Chiefs go three and out and punt and have it blocked for a touchdown. So now all of a sudden, uh, the Texans are up 14 to nothing. The Chiefs get the ball back, have to punt. The Texans punt. Then the Texans... Uh, oh, the, the Texans punt. The Chiefs muff a punt. Mm-hmm. So the Texans pick the ball up. They score uh, two plays. Now they're up 21 nothing. And then the... Then the Chiefs get the ball back and they go three and out, punt back to uh punt back to the Texans. The crowd is booing Chiefs for dropping passes. And then that's when the, the field goal happens after the Texans go nine plays, uh forty eight yards, draw, drive stalls out on fourth and one, they ballessly kick a field goal. And this that is was the beginning of the right end, here. but not really that wasn't the worst. Is the Hardeman return, right? No. Like after they kicked it, didn't Hardeman have like a well, fifty-eight yes. yard? Hardeman has a long kickoff return, which just was crippling back to back. Well, the the crippling thing happened just after that. Hardeman has a long kickoff return. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs score in two plays. Okay, in one minute. Now it's twenty-four-seven. Mm-hmm. The Texans then go three and out, and inexplicably, at inside their own thirty-yard line, run a fake punt on fourth down, which gets stuffed. <laughs> And then at their own 33, and of course, totally, you know, obviously, Kansas City scores in three plays. seconds, yeah. Yeah, in 23 seconds, three plays. Now it's 24-14. That was the single most inexplicable uh, decision of all. That's the one that Bill O'Brien should just be fired for. Mm. That's So that's basically back to back to back. They decided to kick the field goal when they should have gone for it. Right. Hardeman rips off that 58-yard return, and then they go for this fake... The the fake punt was just it was clearly that that uh what's his dick? O'Brien was like, Oh man, I made a ballless decision. I should probably show some balls here. Oops. <laughs> it just had no chance. It was a, and, and I'm listening to this on the radio and I'm just like, This is fucking bananas. Caitlin's sitting there checking Instagram, I'm like, Oh my god. She's like, Why are you yelling? I'm like, You can't believe the things that are happening. You could be listening, but Oh my God. And the first half lasted so long. By the time I got home, of course, 
predictably, uh, the uh, Texans then fumbled the next kickoff, Jeez. and the Chiefs go three plays in six yards, six yards in three plays, score again, 24-21. And I'm like, holy shit! And then, then, of course, Texans punt. And, of course, Kansas City scores again before the end of the half to make it 28-24. At the half. Well, and then the Jesus. then the Texans had a chance to kick a field goal and uh, miss it as as half expires. And the radio broadcast, which we got, was the the Texans. And Andre, John, uh, Andre uh, what's the guy's name? He won the Heisman. Uh, Andre Ward is the color guy. Okay. Just the level of excitement when they kicked the, the field goal to go up 24 nothing. Yeah. Like, this could not be going any better. It just cruising. The, the Chiefs crowd has turned against them. To, in in the matter of, like, I don't know, 20 minutes in the car, for all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you're down 28-24, and you miss the field goal at the end just to crush their nuts even more. He had work set up for himself. He was going to work next week because, obviously, the t- the, the uh, Texans are just cruising. That's right. And we're, then we're going to be favorites in the, in the AFC championship game. Boom. And then, of course... The Chiefs get the ball to start the second half, go straight down the field, seven plays, score another touchdown. Uh, let me give you the chi- the Chiefs scoring drives, or okay. Chiefs drive summary for the okay. whole game. Uh, now, again, they're coming off a week off, so the first quarter, you can't be surprised they came out a little sluggish. Okay. They have a punt block for a touchdown on the first drive. Three and out, punt block. Second drive, six plays, punt. Third drive, three and out, punt. Then, to start the fourth quarter, two plays, 42 yards, touchdown. Three plays, five yards, touchdown. To start Three the plays. second quarter. Yeah, this is the second quarter. Three plays, six yards, touchdown. Jesus. Eight plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Now to start the second half. Seven plays, 85 yards, touchdown. Six plays, 53 yards, touchdown. Four four plays, 72 yards, touchdown. How many touchdowns is it in a row so far? One, two, seven? three, four, five, six, seven in a row. Seven in a row. After starting slowly. So if you take the first quarter off, you know, let's say it took them a quarter to get warmed up. Their next seven drives, they go down for touchdowns in all seven of them. Jesus. And then they kick a field goal in the one after that. So they even got points. Uh, this Chiefs team is super explosive. I guess there's not a whole lot else to say here. But it's funny because the Chiefs didn't put that many yards up because they kept on getting the ball in short field. That's true. And they just kept scoring so quickly. I don't know what the time of possession was in this game, but... Mm. Um, just a, a this is an all time. Had Houston won this, it would have been Houston versus Tennessee, right? Yeah, which in in Houston, which is one of the worst divisions in the AFC, and it both participants, both, per, both participants out of it, have made it to the. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that was kind of a curious uh, observation I had made. Yeah, it would have been fun. I mean, and the Texans would have been favored. The Texans won the time of possession thirty five to twenty five. So like it's just the Chiefs scored so quickly. This offense is healthy. They are fucking rolling. This is the best team in the NFL right now. Well, certainly. I know I said this about the Well, I said this about um the Saints before they lose in It's definitely uh, the, the best offense round, but, in the NFL right now. Uh, the defense looked pretty good. Once I mean if you take away the the block <laughs> punt for a touchdown okay. and you take away the 6-yard drive after the the drop the muff punt, okay. That's 14 points off That's the board. That's 14 points off. and It's a more respectable score. It's a much more re- respectable and score. And from a defensive standpoint, yeah. I guess that's true. I don't know, man. The, this Chiefs defense, and, and then uh, the Chiefs defense has, they've got enough. They've they definitely enough. have enough with that offense. And this offense is going to score 30 points. Like, there's no chance that they're held under 30, 31 points. It's 
that's just not going to happen. And I don't see a way that we'll, I know the we'll only preview the team that could Ryan Tannehill's not scoring it. 35. Yeah, but the only way you're going to do that is if you run heavy and play defense, which is what t- Tennessee does. Like the only team that's even has a chance of doing that is on the schedule and next. Yeah. Well, it's, it all, I mean, I hate to be redundant, but if you can, if you hold Kansas City to field goals and you score touchdowns, you'll have a chance. Yeah, if you score more points, you win. Well, that's true. But that's what Tennessee's done. They've held teams to field goals, and obviously they've scored touchdowns every fucking time. But we'll see. The Chiefs look like a fucking juggernaut to I me. agree. And well, especially I mean, so did the they get to host Ravens, that though. game in Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs are a much more complete team than Baltimore, I think. Whoa. Come on now. Well, I mean, the record shows it at this point. Uh, not the regular season record, my dude. I, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs played five games without or at least two games without Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this team is this team is rounding into form. This is, hurt for this is better too, than they've he? looked all season. They're healthier. Their timing is right. They're rested. I just don't see anybody beating the Chiefs, especially not the Titans next week. The Titans are going to be happy to be there. Uh, and then, you know, if you look at the 49ers, we'll, we probably shouldn't zoom this far ahead, but 49ers have a great defense. Okay. I don't think any defense in the world is stopping Patrick Mahomes from scoring 28 points. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I could be wrong. I've I been mean, wrong before. And the, the Packers' I, defense does not scare me that much either. The thing about this Kansas City team is just how fast they are. Like, when you watch them on television, when you watch them play, like, they just they look are way explosive. faster than everybody else in the field. Oh, that's true. Uh, all right, let's go to the last game. Let's, let's go. We're, we're running uh, running long here on our lunch hour. Uh, Green Bay Packers, 28. Seattle Seahawks, 23. Hmm. In Lambeau Field. Uh, the Packers were... Jumped off. They score on the first drive. Go 75 yards. Okay. They lead 7-0. It goes 7-3. They score again before the half, and they lead or before the end of the first quarter and lead 14-3. They score again in the second quarter to be 21-3. This game, you knew that it wasn't over, though. I mean, this is the Seahawks always keep these games close. They do not quit. They're, they have a... Uh, you know, this they have a spirit about them. I I, okay. I hate giving Pete Carroll fucking credit. I hate him. He's a he is the most spirited. He's a consistent, um, you know, conspiracy theorist and all this bullshit. But his teams play. They do not give up. Uh, Seattle goes down. They score the first play, the first drive of the second half. But then Green Bay answers right back to lead twenty eight ten. And then you know Seattle scores touchdowns three consecutive drives. Uh, the first in the second half to make the game a little closer, 28-23. Yeah. But then they, they ballessly punt themselves um, with, uh, you know, I think it was two and a half minutes left instead of going for it. You know, it's all a long way of saying that Green Bay, if you if you watch the first three quarters of this game, Green Bay looks like, a, especially the first half, world beaters, Green Bay yeah. looks like world beaters leading 21-3. to three. And going down the field, they were all long drives too. Um, now the first, yeah, I mean, this is their their touchdown drives of eight plays. Devontae Adams. Nine plays serious, and eleven plays. Serious ball and done. Eight yeah. receptions, 162 touches. Yeah. Yeah. Rogers finishes with two forty three, two touchdowns. He only threw the ball twenty seven times. I will say this the Seattle Seahawks receiving core is very good. They're better than I gave them credit for all year long between Lockett and Metcalf. Metcalf is Did you see how I focused like on how to say the word? That was core? good. Rec- is that better? Core, yes. Okay, well good. Done. Um, I, I, I haven't given them much credit or much praise. We talk a little bit about Metcalf just because he's a rookie, but yeah, between those two guys, they looked really good. And the 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 thing was the Seahawks for me, especially, is 
their two best tight ends, both of which looked like they were going to be really, really big-time tight ends throughout the season, both went down early. And then uh, the running backs have all been banged up. So, like, between that and then the defensive players that have been knocked out of the game for the, for the Seahawks, it's just been an, an injury-riddled season. And, it's true. Uh, yeah, it's just They're hard a to scary compete, team man. moving into next year. Russell Wilson is, is just a stud. He's he carried that team on his back he? all season throughout this playoff run. Marshawn Lynch, bless his heart, who is a very lovable character, had two touchdown rushing, but only 12 carries for 26 yards. He's he an old man. He can't do anything. He's an old man. He eats skills. Russell Wilson, six, seven carries, 64 yards rushing, plus 277 yards passing and a touchdown, no interceptions. They they hung in the game. They As you mentioned, they've got stud receivers. Lockett and Metcalf are both uh, excellent but they're beat up. I mean, they, they had no business being in this game, and they really had no business keeping as close as they did. Javion, Jadavion Clowney uh, wreaks some havoc. He's yeah, he's a scary dude. I mean, he's so big, but... And so athletic. With how big and athletic he is, he doesn't... He has underperformed, I would say, in his He doesn't NFL get career. to the quarterback as much as, as you'd like him right. to. He does other... He makes two or three plays a game that you're like, holy shit, nobody else can do that. Uh, blowing up running plays or whatever, but... That being said, do you know that Russell Wilson is 0-4 in Lambeau? It's the only stadium that. in the NFL he's visited more than once and not had a winning record in. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Packers are now 9-0 and in games when Devontae Adams has two touchdown receptions. Uh, Pete Carroll only 3-6 and in the playoffs on the road. Aaron Rodgers is now 9-1 and in his playoff career when leading by 10 points. Roger's good, man. Yeah. I, I was going back through the uh, Seattle's depth chart, but they've pulled all the dudes that are hurt off of the uh, mm. off the chart, so I can't see their names. I wanted to kind of call out some of the different tight ends and stuff that they had lost throughout the year. But anyways, yeah. Devontae uh, Adams has been excellent. In three career playoff home games, he has had over 100 yards and a touchdown in each of the games. Jeez. Uh, yeah, impressive. So what are we looking at here? We've got Green Bay versus Tennessee, the... Kansas City at, at three o'clock Central Time or, or no Eastern Time Sunday, okay. followed by Green Bay at San Francisco at six forty. Uh, which game are you more excited about? Honestly, I think I like the Chiefs game better, but both are going to be. I, I'd say the better game is probably the evening game, but I'm just curious to see what happens with Tennessee. Is just an oddity to me. Like they're this is not the team we watched all season long. Uh, this playoff monster that they've become. So I'm just curious to see if if they can continue that that stout running, Derrick Henry, beast mode stuff. Um, yeah, and then you want to see always want to see. Patrick we'll be Mahomes. watching. We will be watching. And just a reminder, we'll be back with the Titan High Boys uh, Thursday morning. So check that out. Share this episode with a friend. Call our hotline, 800-392-6344. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Brad? That's it and that's all, Check baby. out Mind of Mike. Part two. Part two. More to come. Mm, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Oh, shit. I forgot. We got to talk about Conor McGregor tomorrow, too. Pause it, dude. We'll do it, we'll do it to, uh, yeah. That's coming well, Thursday, I too. I to hype it more than that. Yeah, well. What a tease. Peter, the Irish guy, the only Irishman who hates Conor McGregor. Well, that I know. He's also the only Irishman that I really know. So He also likes Tim McGraw, we found out last night. What is wrong with him? Peter's a weird fucking guy. That guy. All right, that's it. Bye-bye. He thinks that Nelly song's a banger. What the hell is he talking about?